Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Welcome to the All-Star Networking Show. I am so excited for today's guest. Joining us today are two lovely guests that I was startled did not know each other because both of you have been in my life for well over 10 years. Right. 20. 20 yeah. years. So let's start with you, Mickey Mikeworth in the house. Mickey Mikeworth in the house. Yes, I'm your favorite, most lovable math geek, right? I'm a business strategist. That's what I do. Um, but most of the time, I do math. You do math. I All do right. so much math. You do math. <laughs> she does math. But okay, ready? And the Darren Lynch, can you top that introduction? Um, Say hello to the listeners. I don't know if I can top that, but um, I'm Darren Lynch. Uh, I guess I'll answer who I am in three ways. Uh, Founder and CEO of Irish Titan. Uh, We're an e-commerce agency headquartered here in Minneapolis. Uh, Secondly, I am a, let's see, father, family, friend, founder. That's my what in my personal golden circle, because I know you're a Simon Sinek fan. I don't know if you're a Simon Sinek fan or not. Yep. Um, and you made me the Simon, Simon Sinek Did I? Sinek I get the credit yeah, for that? Yeah. I was oh, sort of like, wow. who is this guy? Oh. What's my wine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Ugh, my head hurts. I love Simon. Yeah. He's, um, he's geeky. And then my uh, last way I'll describe myself is I am a, a former and future presidential candidate who can't afford a haircut. That had the nation's high score in Contra when I was in high school and who bought Clint Eastwood a beer. Wow. That was a lot of information there done. Right. Interview's done. No way. No, no way. No, no, no. But you didn't even say to the audience that you're in all green and we're right before your favorite holidays. Well. You did say the name of the firm you're the CEO of? Yep. Irish Titan. Okay. Um, I started the company 18 years ago. March is an important month for us. We're closed only two days a year, St. Patrick's Day and the day after. Um, and everything green's a write-off at Irish Titan. So I'm wearing a green shirt, green jacket, uh, green shoes. But I actually do wear these sorts of outfits a lot, most of the year. <laughs> does, does this mean we get to finish the whole rest of this in a brogue? <laughs> if I could do that, I would. Can, can Very we, good. Can we just have the rest of this whole meeting uh, in a way that right. maybe brings up the level a bit? Now you're throwing some shade my way because I just can't do the accent. I wish I could. Oh my gosh, we've got to get you there. <laughs> Very good. We've On got demand. To get you there. Oh, yeah. we can do it for hours. Hours. <laughs> if you ever let me come to your office, I'll just I'll just talk to you like this. Right. And you have the red hair. Yes. Kind of, and have a ginger hair. look with the accent going. Right. 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 I, that's why I'm like, I really can't believe that you two have not, your networks have not crossed with one another. Well, we're here now. Right. Yeah, which is great. We're here now. So, yes, we are here now in the Midtown Global Market in South Minneapolis, surrounded by lots of good smells and shops and whatnot. It does smell fantastic here. Yeah. Someone should yes. figure out how to bottle this as a cologne. <laughs> oh, I don't oh, know if we could do that. It's so good. But it's so good. Let's begin. Let's warm up a little bit today. Before we talk about networking, let's talk about dogs because we were showing dog photos before. And, oh, yeah, we all And dogs. I actually think sometimes to get to know people with something that they're interested in, like a hobby, was mm-hmm. dogs. Do you ever lead with something more personal? Because I don't know how we got on dogs so quickly before we started recording. Well, you're, you're in love with his dog. That's what. Yeah, I, I think you were mentioning having left this morning, and then I asked you what kind, and your yes, dog's reaction. Yes, yes. And I am a dog guy, so I asked you what kind of dog you had, and it went from there. 
Is that um, how we got there? Yeah. I mean, frequently I will ask personal, not invasive, but personal questions. You know, it depends on the setting. Um, I meet a lot of people at the dog park because of my big 165-pound lovable Great Dane. So a lot of people come up and talk to us and take pictures. But in um, quote-unquote networking type of settings, I often will ask, you know, where are you from? What do you like to do in your spare time? What if we were having a potluck at the office, what would you bring? Ooh, Ooh like that's that. a good question. Yes, Wait, I'm impressed but with that. The, I got to ask, though, you take your dog to the – that dog does well at the dog park because my dog's failed at the dog park. Oh, he does great at the dog park, yeah. I, I don't know that I – I've been to the dog park, Kathy, with your dogs and you. <laughs> I don't know if I would call that a total fail. That, that's not a fail. They just had a great time. Was weren't you, Were you with me the day that they rolled in the mud puddle? <laughs> I don't think that's a fail. Is that a fail? I, I right, that's what dogs do. The they, there was a giant mud puddle. All the other owners were like looking at the dogs like, whose dog is that? Whose dog is that? And poor Jimmy and Brandy were coated in mud. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. But that's that, what dogs do. That was right. a fail. I listened I, to the podcast with Aaron Eggert, my good friend. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I bust out laughing when you asked him if he feeds the chickens. And of course he feeds the chickens. Animals need to eat. Right. Yeah, but we need somebody else feed the chickens. I love your childlike befuddlement at some of these well, typical animal machine. behaviors. I thought there would be a machine for the chicken. Did a I really machine. ask you that? Yeah, you did. It was fantastic. I did seriously LOL at that. One of the many examples of why I love you, Paper. Uh, this is why we love God. Yes, okay, yes, anyway. Yes. So you talk about your dogs too because do you get into brand of dog? Or what if they're a cat Wait, Mickey, though, let's go back to this. The, what, what would you bring to the potluck? Because that's a good question of, an inter- you ask it in an interview or when yeah. you're networking with people? Yeah. What would you oh, bring to a potluck? I would only bring one food, sambusas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somalian food, man. Mm. Nice. It's, okay. Everyone likes it. Uh, no one's actually eaten them. Like, like, that's what I love about down here is because there's just, we're in the Midtown Global Market. The amount of yeah. people who are hoarding rest, just recipes from generations that that they're cooking for you they're they're not cooking for you like oh hey i just made this for you right this is not a mac and cheese palette here right this is food that they they have cooked their mothers cooked their right. grandmothers right. cooked that this this is right? right this all of these tastes that are deep and flavorful and they have just this this element in them of I'm not from here. Right. Right. This isn't what's at your plate. So, yeah. So if I were going to a potluck, I would have actually come to someplace like this and asked one of the chefs to cook. I love that. Because they're much better at it than me. What would I bring? <laughs> I see. I'm with you on the chips. I, I'm not the greatest chef. I would be a little anxious about traveling right. with something, taking it. I might I might just go straight two bags of chips. Both my you daughters played soccer like lots of kids have. But there'd be a lot of parent get-togethers, you know, or tournaments, oh, yeah. that sort of thing. And they would always ask, uh, you know, let's let's all bring some food, kind of a potluck sort of thing. And I would always respond right away, I got the Doritos. And I'll make some different things for potlucks, but it just became sort of my thing. Because um, at first, everybody kind of laughed, but the Doritos always got eaten. They all were them, always all eaten. Always. All See? Yeah. Right. All and everybody else brought other stuff. You and know, I'm so. a big fan of Cheetos. Yeah. The tennis team's name is Team Cheetos. Oh, just, oh is it? Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's yeah. news. Anyway, we got to talk about networking. Yeah, but let's talk about what is and one thing that's made you a successful networker? 
Why do you like your network? Laughing. That I like to laugh with people. That, you know, coming in to just enjoy people and to laugh with them, I think is really great. Nice. Yeah. I think that, um, first of all, I like meeting people, I like meeting a wide variety of people. I like characters. I think it kind of relates yeah. to the laughing piece. Um, I have a high degree of tolerance for people who might be different than me or disagree with me, which makes it easy to, too, to yeah. navigate different circles and different environments, etc. Um, I think if you, if you think about networking a little more specifically or professionally, or, you know, I think the, the spirit of, of your podcasts here, I think that good networkers sh- show up to give, not get. Right. That's, that's, that's why that's a pro tip. Lo- lots of times the question comes up of like, what's a better word for it than quote unquote networking? Because that feels a little sleazy or self-serving sometimes without people imagine mm-hmm. it. But I think if you show up to give and not get, um, that's a good start. Which, OK, so because both of you are amazing networkers, I've laughed with both of you. I might be the <laughs> check the weirdo box, Darren, in your network. Um <laughs> I have a lot of weirdos in my network. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably one of them too. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Birds I mean, of a feather. I, exactly. Right. I might be the weirdo in my own network. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But um, how do you decide where you're going to show up? So I'm out here. You're you're running your organization. Both of you are business owners. How do you? How did you decide where to show up to make an impact or? be able to be giving in the right circles well for me again my a motto that you'll hear from me all the time is blessed to be a blessing right that that is that is what we all have we are blessed to be a blessing and so I really think about the places that I show up because I want my energy and my um, everything that I can bring I want that to shine for the world to be better Right. I mean, it sounds it sounds really uh, like it's pie in the sky thought about world peace. But peace starts with us and it starts with meeting new people. It starts by bringing common ground. It starts by bringing your light and sharing it with with all of you. So when I think about blessed to be a blessing and where do I network, I, I bring my light to places that I want to shine. I want shine for them, shine for what they're doing, shine for what is going on. That's why, that's why you're here, right? That's why you're here in Midtown. Because after you, you made a decision about being a blessing as well, is let me bring my friends and these people and try to bring a conversation and a light here so that it would build favor. And that uh, is, is pretty powerful work. It's easy to network then. Right. Um, but Mickey, you know, maybe give one specific of... Where did you go? So you're a math nerd. Like, did you join a math club or the yeah, financial? Yeah, so you can always join an organization. You can always work with other pieces. I would stay. I stay in my lane. I'm a business strategist, so that's really what I'm looking at is other small business owners. But for me, I'm looking for the things that are important to me to impact in the world. So I'm really looking at places. So I did a lot of work when, you know, for the city. I did a lot of work to build diversity. I did a lot of work to work on things that are important to me, which is financial related, financial justice. So I'm going to places where those things are the main conversation. 
whatever that may be. Sometimes that's a town hall meeting. Sometimes that's at, the, at, at, at a march. Sometimes that's here. So I, I go to the things that are, for me, my light, my blessing, that I want more of in the world. Because <laughs> right. now, now, now I have the Do Irish the Irish Titans. accent just for fun, just to mix it up. Oh, well, Pass the baton to well, well, my friend. <laughs> uh, it's so unfortunate. I just cannot do the accent. You actually, you're so close. You're yeah. so close. You know, uh, your day is just a few days away. Correct. Are you levitating? I, um, am I levitating? Yes. Just uh, off the ground. Um, we have St. Titan's Day the day before St. Patrick's Day. And then we have St. Patrick's Day. And as you know, Saint we have our shenanigans for good yeah. event this coming Thursday. Uh, so March is a fun month with with um, more than a wee bit of shenanigans. Yes. Okay, so I have to say, though, just because anybody that's listening, you'll have missed the party by now, but you can get on the list maybe for the next year. Okay, yeah, but let's talk, about, let's talk about where, I mean, Darren, 18 years in business and... You've built phenomenal connections around the Twin Cities. Mickey, look at any sort of organization. And right. you'll see Irish Titan sponsors a lot of oh, things. Oh, I've seen the sponsorship, yes. Yeah. How did you get started or how do you how do you think about building a network? Um, well, I think that, you know, that evolves over time. Um, and I would say evolves more than, for example, Blossoms, right? Because Blossom would sort of imply that you get to a certain point and that's the goal. But... I say evolves because at different points in our history, um, my networking goals have been different, right? Like um, at the beginning of Irish Titan, when it was myself and a lad named Tegan Snyder, who was great, um, I was not really a shotgun approach because I was pretty intentional by that point, but it was really important for me to meet as many people as I could. Um, and really, I think an, another thing that's helpful from a networking perspective is I never really networked for prospects as much as I networked for people that I could learn from or build relationships with, like centers of influence, right? Um, and so I would what, pause. I would pause right there because right that was that was a that's, really good that's, nugget. Yeah. So you weren't networking for prospects; you were networking to for centers of influence. And I think that sort of relates to Or people to that you can learn from. Spirit in yeah. networking, right? Like, don't get me wrong, if prospects emerge, that's fantastic, right? Um, but one of the things I've realized over the years is I'm fortunate enough now to have more of a maker's schedule than a manager's schedule, right? I get to choose more of where I want to spend my time than being required to spend my time in certain ways, right? And when you're earlier stage. So Irish Titan has about 45 people, 45 Titans. Um, and when it was two of us or 10 of us or 20 of us, maybe before I started to build out a management team and learn how to better delegate, etc., I had more of a manager schedule where I had, and I mean, manager sort of in air quotes, paraphrased because some of it's like actual one-on-ones, but some of it's running the business. Some of it's very much in the business sorts of things. And as we've grown, um, I've had the good fortune to evolve into a maker's schedule where I can be a little bit more intentional. But I think, you know, the way I've built that network was volunteering for some organizations, uh, participating in some organizations uh, like Club Entrepreneur, ACG, Good Leadership, etc. Like a lot of these 
organizations that we all run in. Um, and then meeting interesting people I can learn from and asking them to uh, introduce me to three other people that they know of that are inter- that are interesting people that I could learn from. Yeah, nice. nice. And and surprisingly, on that same note, um, I I I never knew I needed to learn more stuff than from networking, because in that you realize by just talking to people like how much stuff I never knew. Right. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know. And that for me, that curiosity space is is really intoxicating. It's right. really delicious to me. So were you ever, were either of you ever afraid to ask your network for help? Or could you describe a time when you kind of wondered, can I go to them with this? Or can I talk to them about this? Or how did you? Well, I'm from St. Paul. I'm from St. Paul. And, and. For me, sometimes I, I, I don't, I feel like that, that St. Paulness kind of comes in uh, that library mouse kind of self, right? Of like, don't speak up. Don't, don't, don't make a bother. Don't, you know, that, that, that for me was very much my upbringing was to be quiet, was to kind of blend in. Well, you've clearly overcome at least that part of your upbringing because quiet is not a word I would associate with you in the... I guess we met about a half hour ago now. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. But but it is kind of to not be a bother. Like you have to really, I had to really overcome that. Do I have permission? Is it rude? Like it felt, it, it felt like, am I being rude? Am I overextending? Do I have that right? I Like I didn't, when I first got into business for myself, I didn't know what was allowed, I guess. Or like, was that okay? Yeah. Was that okay? So you had a bunch of rules about it. Imaginary. Self-imposed. Yeah, they were imaginary, but it was it was just that upbringing of shh, be quiet, right. don't don't make a bother, don't 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 overextend, don't yeah. don't yeah yeah yeah, of like why why would they help you? You have to do your own math, I guess. Okay. Uh, did you did you ever wrestle with? Kind of going to your network for things or? Uh, not really. I think that it may have benefited me if I had gone to my network more. I'm wired sort of fiercely independent and I'm not too um, fearful of mistakes. You know, I think that uh, uh, Mark Cohn is a gentleman I've learned an incredible amount from over the years. And one of the things he told me early in our relationship was. He said that I reminded him of himself, often wrong, never in doubt. Um, and, you know, I think that that is a good summary of why I didn't lean on my network as much as I perhaps should have. But I, I, my challenges were some of that, that fierce independence rather than a hesitation to reach right. out because I did reach out to Mark Cohn and others uh, whenever... I had questions um, and felt like I could use some advice, you know. Um, so I wasn't hesitant to do it uh, when it came to mind. Right. What about you, Kathy? You probably have already told this to everybody all the time. No, I don't know if I have. I think I think it would probably be one of the things if I were doing it over of building relationships, I might have asked for help differently or more directly early on. Right. You know, versus thinking, 
you know, I got to figure it all out myself or I don't want anybody to see my weaknesses or blind spots or I think I might have gone to talk to, I mean, you both have seen me unhinged, but I, <laughs> I think, what? No. Yeah. No. Part of your charm. Yeah. But I, it, it but I think there's part, there's thoughtful. that part of networking to say, Hey, I'm not sure I'm going to land this piece of business. Do you have any tips for me? Or can I run something by you? Or, yeah. right. Oh, I didn't get that job. Do you, would, would you happen to give me some feedback and like asking people for stuff? Because, right. you know, right. if somebody asked me their opinion I would kindly tell them, yeah, well, here's why you didn't get the job. You know, you talked for seven minutes and you didn't say anything. That's why you didn't get the job. Yeah, I think that, you know, there's that saying that you are the the five people you spend the most time with right. or Jim, whatever. That Jim Rohn, you're a combination of the yeah. five people right? you spend the most I time with. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, and a couple of things come to mind on, on that topic. Um, I'm a big fan of peer groups. I've been in a number of peer groups over the years. I'm a um, raving fan of uh, Coalition 9. Um, I'm in that and have two other members of my company management team in Coalition 9. I think that being a member of a peer group gives you a chance to be the dumbest person at the table and learn from people um, and hear how usually it's people in other industries are doing things, which I think is really valuable because it helps you avoid an echo chamber of how things are done in your industry. Um, and and I, I think we should pause there too, because that is, I would say, if you when you asked us at the very beginning what made us know all of these people, that is it. It, it is to also not be afraid to be around all of these super smart people. Right. And to just sit back and really pay attention. But the echo chamber, it's really easy. Um, it, when, I, when I'm looking at, when I'm working with leadership teams in general, that is the that is one of the number one complaints is that right. they are their own echo chamber, and bringing in new language is really powerful. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So keep going, keep going. Uh, um, peer groups. You were on peer groups, but that was a oh, great tip. the The other topic that came to mind when I was thinking through that was one time I was asked when I was speaking, you know, what piece of advice I wish I had heard earlier, and I sat there for a moment and couldn't really come up with a piece of advice I wish I'd heard earlier. But what I came up with is in the same theme where I said, I wish there are some people I had met earlier and learned from, even if it was just via osmosis, because I'm not necessarily good at asking for advice because I right, wrong or indifferent sort of trust myself to figure it out. If I, if I make a mistake, I'll course correct. Right. But I think that if I had met certain people or, maybe join a peer group earlier or whatever it might be, being the dumbest person at that table a little bit earlier, that might have helped me. I, I think that would have helped me too. Right. If I had been able to figure that out 20 years earlier. Right, right. 20 yeah. years earlier, Good. that would have changed things for me. It's probably a big part of the nurture part of nature and nurture. So I'm a bit of a religious mutt. Um, I won't go too deep on this, but my biological dad died when I was two. Um, and he was Irish Catholic. My grandparents were Irish Catholic. Um, I grew up super close to them, but my mom remarried. And so growing up super close to them, I went to mass on Saturday afternoon at five o'clock with them, probably three out of every four weeks until I was nine or 10. But my mom remarried the only dad I've ever known. Um, great dad. Um, and, uh, she remarried him when I was almost five. 
So um, I grew up with him as my dad. He's sort of loosely Methodist. His family is a little more casual. Um, and so that religious affiliation wasn't a big influence on my life um, with how I was raised, other than, quite honestly, looking back really fondly on my grandparents and going to Mass with them. And they would go to the tavern every week after that. And Grandpa would have a couple beers. Grandma would have one and only one beer. Uh, so I look back at it finally just because of the family memories with my grandparents. And, and the religious change, too, because you and I have actually had a lot of similarities in our childhood. Uh, but we would ship, you know, they shipped all of us off to the farm every weekend. And so we got, I got to have that farm experience. But because there were, uh, when I was on the, my grandparents' farm, that I shared a bedroom with um, eight girls. And then there was a boys' room next to it with seven boys. So they would push us into church on the, on the weekends. To what, and, and first of all, no seatbelts. I mean, like how I lived, right? <laughs> right. Like they just put us in the back of the truck, all of us kids, and take us to whatever church service we could be on time for. So we would go to Lutheran or Baptist or whatever. They just, they just kind of felt this like they- from the farm? From the farm, yeah. Huh? That we would, we would all go in. So you'd have 15 kids in the back of the truck, all in, you know, shorts and t-shirts or whatever, and driving down the road in a Wisconsin small town. Um, and just going, okay, well, okay, we got everybody out the car. It's 10. Okay, we'll go to the Baptist church this week. Okay, so I'm going to answer from the Jewish perspective on your question. Oh, on St. Paul, right? Well, well, no, on what I heard is that Jewish people, particularly the moms, when their kid moves to a new city, they go through their phone list and say, oh, you're child is moving there i know so and so let me connect you to that person and so and you instantly are when my friend said when she moved to seattle she wasn't jewish but she said right away she got dialed in because the jewish family said oh you know so and so and you need to be connected so i had not thought of that part of this and you said you ne- you like to meet all different kinds of people let's wrap up with this question of how would you encourage people to build a more diverse network? So people that only know accountants, how do they build a more diverse network by age, gender, race, religion, the whole deal? The, the bridge builder piece is what you called me earlier. And I will tell you that, the, that I give people the reminder that they are wrong often about bridge bridging because they kind of think, oh, I'll meet you in the middle of that bridge. And that's the wrong answer. The wrong answer on a bridge is it goes two ways. I'm going to your house and you're coming to mine. Um, So you have to actually go all the way across the bridge into an environment that is different to be able to do that. So in the in the bridge building, you have to be a little bit fearless, um, a little bit curious, a little bit gentle, um, a little skittish, but a lot bit curious and appreciative. So that you can get to know people. So, so one, it, it, bridge building is about crossing the bridge, not meeting somebody in the middle of that bridge. Great. Darren? Yeah, I would echo that. I think those are some similar themes to what comes to mind for me. I think it comes down to three things. Um, you have to be authentic. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And you have to be intentional. You know, I, I think you have to be authentic because I don't think people like to be pandered to. I don't think they like to be... Um, feel like they're being condescended to. Um, and so if you're not authentic, I think that they can sense that and smell that. And it, 
um, I think, becomes counterproductive. I think, I don't remember what order I said the next two in, um, but I think that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because if you're trying to build a diverse network, you will be around people that either look different than you, um, think different than you because they have a different background. And, you know, like if, if, if a creative, for example, is meeting with a financial person, either of those two people could be uncomfortable, right? Um, and I think sometimes that's even overlooked in terms of being comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Because those are two, if you just paint with a broad brush, vastly different sort of archetypes. Um, and then lastly, you do have to be intentional. You know, I think that it's really easy to run in your own circles. I already mentioned earlier, I think that early Irish Titan days, especially, I was really intentional about um, participating in groups outside of my industry. You know, there are some digital interactive groups in town that do a great job. Um, and I would go to those, but I sort of felt like, well, I'm swimming in the, in the pool with all my competitors and I don't really feel like I'm learning anything. Not that I don't have anything to learn, but um, I felt like I learned more by being in peer groups or going to events where it seemed like none of my competitors really were, right? Um, and so you have to be intentional in bridging, to use your term, Mickey, out into those, um, those circles, those events, those associations, uh, those community centers that are different than what you might naturally fall into. Excellent. Excellent. That's why you two are all-star networkers. So, well, okay. thank you, Mickey, Darren. You both are awesome. You can find Mickey online. There'll be the LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yep. Click, and Darren will have your LinkedIn and your Irish Titan. And right. Mickey, why don't you wish him St. Patrick's Day? You sign off. Well, thank you so much for coming today. And we're so glad to have you here. And uh, have a happy St. Patrick's Day, my friend. Oh, my God. I have a new friend. Thank you, Mickey. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.